Great afternoon. You are in the fast lane with Sarah Jane. And with me today is a friend from chiropractic school. I have always called her Angie. She is known in the professional world as Dr. Graper, and she goes above and beyond to treat her patients. This is not your uh, chiropractor who will see you for five minutes and adjust you and you're out the door. She is doing a whole body approach and I am in awe of what she does. So I'm so excited that she is here with us today. Welcome, Dr. Graper. Hello. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. This will air on Thursday, but we're here on Monday. So I just want, I want you to discuss your journey and why, why you are a chiropractor and what got you to this point in your life. Sure. So starts young. Um, I was an ear infection kid and I was to the point of almost needing tubes and then I outgrew them. Um, supposedly. And then as a teenager, I suffered from chronic sinus infections. So once winter would hit, I would pretty much be down and out and I would be on, you know, antibiotic after antibiotic. And I just remember at one point I had a refill of an antibiotic and then they switched me to a different one. And I thought there has to be another way. Um, and so I didn't, I started trying to self-medicate for my sinus infections. I don't exactly remember what that entailed, whether that was sinus rinses or whatnot, but, um, I kind of got over antibiotics. Um, and then my journey continued in college where my best friend at the time had moved across the country. And next thing I know we're visiting her and she is eating gluten-free. Um, she is fluoride free the whole nine yards, um, so that was the next step. And then that's where I turned into chiropractic, even though I didn't have a ton of experience with it. Um, I had been adjusted a few times uh, due to sports injuries, but nothing more than that. And then, yeah, through chiropractic is where the journey continued. So I like that you said you went to the chiropractor for sports related injuries, because I would say a high percentage of people see a chiropractor due to pain relief, correct? Yes, that's it's a driving force. It is. And that is very important. And that's why, you know, we see those patients who are out in the garden or lifting or whatever, and they can't stand up straight. They turn their neck, they can't, they're stuck. These are very important things. And we definitely work on that. However, there's a missing piece to the puzzle. What else do you do in your clinic for your patients? Yeah. So I think the really cool thing is chiropractic works for all brains, all nervous systems, right? Um, pain is usually the last thing on the totem pole that really gets people's conscious awareness that something is off into the chiropractor. Um, however, we're seeing more and more parents that are bringing their kids in for perhaps like behavioral issues or focus issues. Um, and so the cool thing there is that even though chiropractic has a really good solution to pain, um, also if we lose our spatial awareness of our body, that can cause things to just um, kind of get distorted. And so the chiropractic adjustment really just helps reboot the computer so that we help kids understand their spatial awareness. And then that's how it fires up into different parts of the brain so that it can help with their attention and their sleep and just um, feeling calmer throughout the day. And it helps regulate their nervous system. So there's a couple of things I got out of there. The first one I have to say is you're talking about kids. Now you see a large amount of kids in your clinic, but why do you think that people are apprehensive to bring their kids in or they think maybe it's scary to have kids adjusted? I think number one, they just, they think of chiropractic is for pain. And so if my kid's not in pain, why would I bring my kid to the chiropractor? So if we explain chiropractic and the fact that we're rebooting the brain and rebooting the 
you know, their computer, Mm -hmm. um, then that sheds a whole new, you know, realm of possibilities to help their children. I think the other thing is just, you know, if they've seen adjustments performed on the internet and it just doesn't look, you know, they're nervous, right? Like they don't know what it entails. And so the fact that we can offer very, um, low impact, gentle adjustments, and the kids just have a great time and we want them to feel good while they're in our office. There's so many times people will send me videos of uh, other people getting adjusted and there's like all this cracking and it's wild and, and they'll say, will you do this to me? And I'm always like, absolutely not. Like that is not how I operate. That is not what I do, but people get, they get, um, addicted to the popping noise sometimes don't you think well and i there is like a pain relief aspect to that um cavitation sound right but i think the other thing when we're talking about websites and internet is uh you have to consider that there might be some sound um (laughs) yeah (laughs) effects that are added to those when you're seeing a child with popping like that that's probably not actually what's happening versus sound effects Right. Now, I like that you brought up um, rebooting the nervous system because it's, it's well known that there's a lot of kids right now on medication for ADD, ADHD. It's hard to sit at school. It's hard to focus. And um, those medications are maybe a little overused. Have you, have you found that in your practice? Well, I mean, if we're trying to get to the root cause of the problem, then yes. Um, you know, basic foundational items in a child's life are not being addressed, whether that be food, sleep environment, um, making sure a child has a proper airway. A lot of kids have underdeveloped airways, which can cause focus issues. And we just slap braces on them and call it a day. Um, So we're not hitting the foundational pieces. So if we actually want to get to the problem, then yes, it's definitely overused. And again, I I say this every single time. It's like my disclaimer. I never tell you to not take a drug. I never tell you to stop taking a drug because I think there's a time and a place for everything. But I think Mm -hmm. we don't, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And a lot of times when our kids maybe have an issue and the teacher is telling a parent, your kid's not focused, X, Y, Z, that's the only option that they, they think that they have. So if a patient is coming to you, what are you doing other than adjusting to help a person get off meds like that? I think really just getting a good history and seeing how we can build up a child's foundation, you know, making sure their blood sugar is regulated. If your blood sugar is crashing and you've gotten hangry, who can focus? Adults can't even focus. So making sure we're eating plenty of fat and protein. And if a child has aversions to that, how can we mix that into their daily life? You know, looking at sleep hygiene, looking at their airway and having proper um, assessment of that. Uh, making sure they're getting to the right referral partners, because unfortunately, like I think as parents, we think pediatricians are trained in all of these realms and they're just simply not. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just making sure that we have a good healthcare team for this child as well. So when you had mentioned, um, oh man, you just mentioned something that I wanted to touch on and now I totally, it literally completely jumped right out of my mind. Mm. All right. Hopefully I will come back to that one. Um, okay. So a child comes in to your office and you say that you take a complete history. Now we're going to have people that say, well, I went to my medical doctor and they did a complete history too. How is your history different? Maybe the history isn't different. Um, I will say we take a lot. We have the opportunity to have a good amount of time. We, 
we plan an hour with our new patients. And so, you know, a lot of medical doctors just don't have that time. Right. Um, their expectations are a little bit different from their, from the clinics that they're in. Um, so there's that, but then I think just asking everything and not just brushing it off, um, especially with parents when they know something could be better, but they've been told that it's no big deal. Um, everything's fine, but you know, that parental intuition is there. So we really mm -hmm. hone in on that too. Um, and just do a lot of education with how X is connected to Y and Y is connected to Z. And, you know, that's why we're asking all these random questions outside of, do you have any pain? Because, yeah. you know, you have to have good brain function. You have, have to have good nutrition, have great endurance of your muscles. You know, when we're talking about kids with slouching and, um, and whatnot, we have to have good sleep or you're going to be tired. Uh, what does that all look like? I love it. It's like the complete package. And it came to me what I was going to say. So when you were talking about when we, when kids will crash without proper nutrition, I was just talking to someone this week and they were homeschooled and they were not allowed to have sugary food for breakfast. They had to have like some type of protein or something. And the kids always complained about it. And finally the mom was tired and she's like, fine, just have whatever you want. So they had sugary cereal and whatever that they had. She said, usually they started with math. They started, they sat down to do their homework, started with math. And she said, we could not focus. We like got nothing done that day. We crashed so soon. And we were like, we, we realized at that time how important it is not to eat that kind of stuff for breakfast. So I do a lot of, personally, I think everyone has to find what they do, what works best for them. So sometimes I fast until um, I eat at noon, but if I do eat, it is like a fat or a protein. I have instilled that real well in the oldest one. And number two needs bread and peanut butter and jelly. And I'm just, it just makes me absolutely cringe, but it's like, I can't sometimes I, we live in a little, my kids live in a little stricter household than most kids. So if that's the thing that I need to give up on to keep my kid happy, I will let go on it because he'll fight, fight us on eggs when, I mean, we probably eat more eggs than most people that you guys know, but very interesting to hear. We weren't even talking about this subject, but she just said we were talking about homeschool. So that just goes to show you, it really does matter what you eat. And that's why you could be so hungry, hangry at work, not focusing at work, feeling restless. This isn't just kids that go through this. It's adults too. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, kids maybe just, you know, when they're having behavioral issues, a parent or an adult might not acknowledge that it's a hangry thing. So like, you know, if your kid's having a tantrum, the first thing to do is think, are, could they be hungry? You know, do they just need some food? That's number one. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Same. I mean, back to chiropractic school, I ate heart healthy honey nut Cheerios with skim milk and orange juice for breakfast, with that vitamin D infusion. And I remember I would be sleeping on our desks and at nine 50, I would go and get a Mountain Dew for a little pick me up. And so yeah. when we went through nutrition class and um, Dr. Rote had said, eat fat and protein for breakfast. And I switched that. I stopped having what I jokingly call narcolepsy. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't narcolepsy. It was hypoglycemia, but it's just, <laughs> I could not function without closing my eyes. It's funny to look back at what we know now versus what we know then. And yeah, I would too. Sometimes I would get a pop or whatever, or gummy bears. And it's just so funny because some of that stuff I would not do at this point, but some no. people were, had already 
been to the station. Like some people already got it. Like they knew they were, you know, you never saw them eat anything like that. They were always in the gym. They were always on the ball. But I will also say that some people still after chiropractic school probably have the same habits that they did. So it's not like you go to chiropractic school and you become no. like supernatural, but no. you know, some of us, some of us did. Yeah. One thing a chiropractor told me that I would quit drinking milk. And I was like, absolutely not. Because I probably drink a gallon of milk myself a week, you know, just big glasses of milk and cereal or whatever. And he was right. We were in class and we started learning about milk and X, Y, and Z. And I can't even tell you the last time I had a glass of cow milk. Mm-hmm. Now there is something to be said to about farm fresh cow milk, which I have never had. I don't know if, if you drink fresh cow milk. I just don't like milk. <laughs> I, I did try raw milk once to be like, maybe this will be different, but I just do not have taste buds for milk. Mm-hmm. Cheese on the other hand, but um, my body does not tolerate milk of any kind. Um, mm-hmm. So I just do my best to avoid it. How about your kids? What do you give them? Um, we do not do milk. Uh, interestingly enough, we had found out we were dairy free. We had thought communicated that with our nanny she was doing one day a week and all of a sudden words started popping up all over our oldest and I found out she was doing one organic yogurt a week and we pulled that and his warts just naturally went away so I think it was just enough of a distraction for his immune system that the warts were able to flourish so that was interesting and then with my second born it really causes him digestive issues and so um, that has been a long journey and we completely pulled dairy and now I mean, we're not there yet, but it's made a vast improvement once we've 100% pulled dairy. So dairy, gluten, and sugar are the top three things that most people have issues with. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so, and then the, well, just the various forms of sugar too, right? Like if we had to choose a natural sugar versus hypertoxic corn syrup, that looks completely different. Um, you know, I think the concern is how many younger adults are going to develop non-alcoholic fatty liver disease from high fructose corn syrup because of how it processes in the body. It's much different than sugar. Um, and so you just think about candy and pop and like it's in everything. And so just being diligent, like, okay, maybe let your kids have sugar, but maybe not high fructose corn syrup being a little bit more picky about that because that's going to damage a lot more systems as well. Now, that's interesting that you brought up non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, because I'm sure everyone here has heard, oh, they have a liver issue or they have liver cancer and they've never been a big drinker. It doesn't just have to do with alcohol, does it? No, nope. Uh, Fructose is high up on that list, um, especially just with how prevalent it is in our food supply. Yeah, but if we look at the commercials on TV... And you have families running and frolicking and they're happy and they're saying that it is safe. Um, That's really just not true. Now, when you look at the research, (laughs) it's funny uh, how many things are, oh, it's so, it's so funny how many things are safe until a little while later and then they're not, but it's, it's also difficult because when you you question it, then um, people start to question you almost, it seems. I mean, there's, so many pieces to the puzzle, but when you look at the rate of obesity and chronic health issues that are creeping up in younger and younger children at a higher rate, um, I'm not going to blame just high fructose corn syrup. It's one of many things, but 
that is one that our children are just inundated with when, you know, candy and like all the things that are marketed towards them um, with those bright colors. And that's not even counting uh, the artificial dyes that some children have a lot of problems with. Um, okay. So you work a lot with kids, but you also work a lot with adults too. What have you found um, as far as women cycles, hormones, what's something common that you've seen there? blood sugar again, (laughs) you know, just, um, and stress. I think those are the two big drivers of throwing women's hormones off is they do not get enough rest time. Um, and then the blood sugar will throw off your hormones too. Cause if you're spiking your insulin, testosterone and estrogen will also spike. Um, and when you have that estrogen to progesterone imbalance, that leads us to cramping, clotting, um, the PMS type symptoms, irritability before our cycle. And so it's like, again, if we can fix someone's foundation with blood sugar and stress um, and sleep, you know, those would be massive in helping women uh, fix their hormones. I was really hoping that you were going to say stress there, because I think that people now operate on such a high level of stress that sometimes it's worn as a badge. Like I'm so busy because I have X, Y, Z. I'm so busy. Um, it's, it's like a badge, but it's also like a complaint at the same time. So you are a mom of three, you own your own business, your husband owns his own business. How do you uh, find time to de-stress yourself? I think just trying to stay consistent with my own appointments, you know, getting acupuncture on a regular basis, getting adjusted on a regular basis. And then um, I think the biggest revelation is, you know, we don't always have to be harvesting, like, and that comes uh, at home and that comes at work as well. And so just being mindful of, should I go outside and get some vitamin D and some fresh air and some vitamin N, right? Nature, or should I be cleaning in the house constantly? Cause like, honest to goodness, like we have three kids, like the house is never going to be clean. So does it, which is a priority when we're talking about our health. And so just letting things go, I think has been a huge revelation. Uh, you know, balancing blood sugar, keeping that stable. I'm a much better mom. And then just making sure I'm on top of my nutrition and feeding myself um, a variety of fruits, vegetables, healthy meats. And your husband, is he supportive and eats healthy like you or no? Within the last year? Yes. Yes. Really? He has really turned to 180. And so he is probably way more gung ho about um, natural healing than I am even right now what how why like what happened there um what flipped the switch so you know men often go through like this midlife revelation (laughs) and so uh that found him and so he has given up gluten he has given up dairy he just eats a ton more vegetables he does cold thermogenesis he moves his body more because he has energy to do such um setting better boundaries at work so that he is not worn down before coming home and Yeah, it's been fun to see his uh, complete transformation. However, do you treat him or no? Uh, Via chiropractic? Chiropractic, nutrition, anything. Do you? Um, I've helped him tweak his supplement protocol for sure um, in this journey of just trying to figure out some health-related issues that he had. And so that's been really fun Mm because, of course, healing is never linear. You know, it's a lot of tracking and tweaking. And so we are finally at a really good place and we finally kind of figured out his rhythm of what he needs to be doing. I find it very difficult to treat my husband because I don't know if you remember when we did the estrogen detox, but he, he was horrible. 
Like he was it like, it was too much. And I was like, you need to find someone else to help you because you are just mean. However, if you've ever done a hormone detox an estrogen detox, you know, it's, it can be a little rough. And we did a pretty aggressive one. Yep. So there's my advice to anyone who is thinking about helping their husband with an estrogen detox. Don't do it. Find someone else to help you. (laughs) All right. So give us some top things that you say to your patients that someone can incorporate into their lives on a daily basis. Mm, I think just for your uh, health, like people find health overwhelming. People say they don't have time for health. You know, I don't have time to get adjusted once a month or I don't have a time for a massage. I don't, I don't have time to eat healthy. Okay. Well then at some point you're going to have to find time to be sick because you're going to not be able to do the things that you enjoy in life. So I'm, I'm sure when people come in, you are not like, here are my top five things, but I want you to think of something that you could tell people that they could take out of this today, that even if they take yeah. one of the five that could help improve their life. We're, our goal here is to encourage people to live better, do better, be better. You did that on a daily basis. Um, how can we help the people listening? I think number one is eat fat and protein for breakfast. Um, you know, set that stage for the day. And if we're talking about females, be very conscious how you feel on intermittent fasting. Cause I tend to see, um, men do better without doing breakfast than females. Um, so fat and protein grandma said breakfast is the most important meal of the day that sets the stage for your energy, for your mood, for your sleep, etc. Number two, you do not have to get into an hour-long workout program three times a week if that is not fitting your schedule. Can you go for a 15-minute walk? Um, that would be a huge one. Just move your body. Movement is life, right? Which is why chiropractic is so important for people as well, because we are helping reboot that computer. And then I would say, goodness, um, number three, let's go a little mixture of morning sun because that helps your circadian rhythm. So if you can get outside with your eyes in the sun, um, first thing that sets the stage for the day as well, but then obviously the midday sun helps with that vitamin D production. So if you can get at least 15 minutes about, um, to build that vitamin D levels, you know, sun and just being out in nature helps keep us healthy. I love it. That is something easy that people can do. Yes. If you can just make your coffee, go sit on the deck for 10 minutes, like voila. And that might mean getting up a little earlier, but if it's 10 minutes and you're by, that's my time. If I, I have to have that morning time. And if I don't, my anxiety literally will go through the roof and coming from someone who has had panic attacks, I'm telling you, it's extremely important for me because you just have to find out what works for you. Ryan leaves. I have all that time before everyone wakes up to have my own time and I will not turn on the TV. That's one of my rules. Yeah. Perfect. Wonderful. All right, Dr. Graper, you, you help people daily and I'm always amazed. Um, you can, I will put your, um, Facebook information on there for your clinic, because every now and then she will post on different thing. Like a a patient will come in with X, Y, and Z symptoms. She'll list that and, and that they were helped. And it's very inspirational seeing what you do. So thanks for everything you do for everyone. Oh, appreciate that. Thanks for listening to the Fast Lane with Sarah Jane podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we truly love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.